The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, two items from the Trump administration attacking our community. One, they announced that Title VII does not protect transgender individuals in the workplace. Also, they've issued new guidance on religious liberty that will give a wide berth for legalized discrimination against LGBT folks. Also, in pop culture, Ricky Martin wants to share his upcoming wedding with the world. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. The LGBTQ community got a one-two punch from the Trump administration this week in the form of two announcements from Attorney General Jeff Sessions. First off, he announced that he was going to reverse the Justice Department's support for the legal view that transgender workers were eligible for non-discrimination protections under current civil rights law. Writing in a memo to all federal prosecutors, Sessions wrote that Title VII's prohibition on sex discrimination encompasses discrimination between men and women, but does not encompass discrimination based on gender identity per se, including transgender status. He wrote, this is a conclusion of law, not policy, adding that the department will take this new position in all pending and future matters. But advocates of equal rights for members of the transgender community blasted the move and pledged to sue the administration. Mara Kiesling, the executive director of the National Center for Transgender Equality, said in a statement, According to Sessions, an employer is free to hang a transgender need not apply sign in their window. Fortunately, he is dead wrong on the law. Courts have repeatedly ruled that transgender people are protected by sex discrimination laws in employment, education, housing, and health care. We'll see him in court. You may recall that in 2014, under the Obama administration, then-Attorney General Eric Holder issued a policy memo explaining that the federal government's approach on this issue had evolved over time. He wrote, I have determined that the best reading of Title VII's prohibition of sex discrimination is that it encompasses discrimination based on gender identity, including transgender status. The most straightforward reading of Title VII is that discrimination because of sex includes discrimination because an employee's gender identification is as a member of a particular sex or because the employee is transitioning or has transitioned to another sex. This policy change also comes at the same time that the Trump administration is litigating the president's proposed ban on transgender service members in the military. Also this year, Attorney General Jeff Sessions withdrew his predecessor's guidance on protections for transgender students in public schools that allowed them to use bathrooms that correspond to their gender identity. Over and over, these are attacks on our transgender community. But it didn't stop there this week. Also, Jeff Sessions issued a 25-page sweeping memo that underscores the Trump administration's belief that so-called religious liberty takes precedence over LGBTQ rights. 
This religious freedom order means that federal agencies and contractors could turn away LGBT people and others without reciprocation. Bigots will have a license to discriminate not only against LGBT people, but women and other minorities. While new guidance issued this week on religious liberties isn't necessarily law or a rule, it does lay out what the federal government's position will be in court cases and how federal agencies and contractors will operate. The new policy is an obvious attempt to deliver on President Trump's pledge to his evangelical supporters that he would protect religious liberties. Under this new guidance, a claim of a violation of religious freedom would be enough to override many anti-discrimination protections for LGBT people, women, and others. Now, certainly, religious freedom is a treasured right in our country, but it should never be used as a weapon for harming others. What Jeff Sessions' memo misses is that freedom of religion does not give us the right to impose our beliefs on others or to discriminate. Clearly, this guidance is meant to undermine the many gains that LGBTQ Americans and others have achieved in securing dignity and equality for themselves and their family. It's motivated by a false notion that LGBT rights somehow come at the expense of religious liberties, which is an idea that's a, an affront to millions of Americans of faith who reject discrimination against all people, including LGBT people. It does not reflect who we are as a nation with a clear majority of Americans supporting laws that protect LGBT people. In looking at the new guidance from the Trump-Pence administration, here's just a few ways that LGBTQ people may be at risk. For example, a Social Security Administration employee could refuse to accept or process spousal or survivor benefits paperwork for a surviving same-sex spouse. A federal contractor could refuse to provide services to LGBTQ people, including in emergencies. And agencies that receive federal funding could refuse to provide services to LGBTQ children in crisis or refuse to place adoptive or foster children with a same-sex couple or a transgender couple simply because of who they are. This is bad news. We've been expecting it, we've been seeing it coming, but it's finally arrived. Remember folks, during the presidential election, Donald Trump told us he would be, quote, better for the gays than Hillary Clinton. If you believed that there was no difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, here's evidence to the contrary. However, a bright note in the small steps forward category, even as the Trump administration is lobbing these grenades at the LGBTQ community, for the first time, a rainbow pride flag will permanently fly over federal land beginning October 11th. This coming Wednesday at noon, the international symbol for the LGBTQ community will be raised above the Stonewall National Monument in Manhattan. The flag will be maintained by the National Park Service. The Stonewall National Monument is the first U.S. national monument dedicated to LGBT rights in history. The Obama administration awarded the designation on June 24, 2016. The raising of the flag falls on the 30th anniversary of the March on Washington for LGBT rights in 1987, when hundreds of thousands of people gathered to call for an end to discrimination, as well as more federal funding for AIDS research and treatment. One small step forward, folks. Also, this week, California Governor Jerry Brown signed into law Senate Bill 239, a measure that modernizes several provisions of California's criminal code targeting people with HIV. 
The new law brings various outdated HIV criminalization laws in line with current science. These older laws, enacted based on old science, help to perpetuate stigma against people living with HIV. Senate Bill 239 leaves HIV criminalization laws in place, but brings the penalties for the spread of HIV in line with those of other communicable diseases. You may know that more than 30 states have laws in place that have been used to prosecute people living with HIV. People living with HIV can be tried and imprisoned simply because a partner accuses them of hiding their HIV status. But there's no evidence that laws criminalizing HIV and targeting people with HIV actually reduces the spread of HIV. Rather, these laws can deter individuals from even being tested out of fear that if they know their HIV status, they could be charged under one of the several current provisions. Moreover, these laws only reinforce stigma about knowing one's status or even seeking testing. As many of you may know, I live in Las Vegas, which this week became the site of the deadliest mass shooting in the history of the United States. There have been many stories of heroism and humanity that emerged from the shooting, but I wanted to share this one as the Las Vegas LGBTQ community lost one of our own among the 58 who were killed that night. CNN's Anderson Cooper spoke with Bobby Erdley, a gay survivor of the Las Vegas massacre who lost his partner, Cameron Robinson, in the attack. Cameron was a City of Las Vegas employee. In describing Robinson, Erdley said, I just cannot say enough amazing things about this man. He's such an example to everyone he came into contact with his life. And talking about the terrifying moments after the attack, he said, I just wanted to make sure he knew that he wasn't alone in those moments, and I held him and talked to him the whole time. And I know he wasn't the only victim, and I know that so many other people are going through exactly what I'm going through. My heart goes out to every single one of them, and I want to make sure that the heroes of the situation are noticed. In speaking to Anderson, he also spoke of two strangers who stopped to perform CPR on Cameron, and he spoke of another man who helped them on the way to the hospital. In an example of how the LGBTQ community has stepped up and helped our own in Las Vegas, a GoFundMe campaign was established to help Erdley's family with expenses involved with his passing. In only four days, $32,000 was raised, far surpassing the original $15,000 goal. This all makes me really proud of my tribe. Another piece of good news, a small step forward, comes in the form of a new Pew Research Center study which shows for the first time majorities in both political parties say that homosexuality should be accepted by society, although there's a nearly 30-point gap between the two parties. Predictably, 83% of Democrats say homosexuality should be accepted versus a 54% of Republicans. Big spread, but at least we're over the halfway mark with the Republicans. I'll take whatever good news I can get. In pop culture, Ricky Martin says he can't wait to get married to his fiancée, Juan Yosef. Speaking to Ocean Drive magazine, the 45-year-old pop star gushed with excitement over his beloved partner and their wedding plans. He said planning a wedding is super overwhelming. We want to do it right, hopefully next spring. We'll do the three-day event, as I call it. And we still don't know where we'll do it, Los Angeles, Puerto Rico, or in Sweden, where my fiancé is from, or in Spain, where I'm also from. But no matter where the ceremony is held, 
Martin says it's important to him that the world sees the love that he shares with Yosef. He said, people will be talking about it. We're a modern family, and I think people need to see, and I want to normalize the beauty of our family. That's why I'm making it public, and I'm going to share my wedding with the world. Ricky's next big project will be starring in the forthcoming FX series, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story. Also, I should add that Ricky, along with countless other stars, have made their way to Puerto Rico to aid in the relief following the devastation left by Hurricanes Maria and Irma in the U.S. territory. I mentioned last week that in lieu of the fact that I can't share a video on a podcast, I do want to mention a couple of posts that I would love for you to head over to therandyreport.com to check out because I think they'll be of interest to you. Well, I think everything on The Randy Report's of interest, at least to me. The first one, head over there to check out the trailer for France's submission for Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars, BPM, Beats Per Minute, which takes an unflinching look at Act Up Paris in the early years of the AIDS epidemic. Here's the official synopsis. In Paris, in the early 1990s, a group of activists goes to battle for those stricken with HIV AIDS, taking on sluggish government agencies and major pharmaceutical companies in bold invasive actions. The organization is ACT UP, and its members, many of them gay and HIV positive, embrace their mission with a literal life-or-death urgency. Among rallies, protests, fierce debates, and ecstatic dance parties, Newcomer Nathan falls in love with Sean, the group's radical firebrand, and their passion sparks against the shadow of mortality as the activists fight for a breakthrough. Variety raved about the film, calling it a, quote, sprawling, thrilling, finally heart-bursting group portrait of Parisian AIDS activists in the early 1990s. A rare and invaluable non-American view of the global health crisis that decimated, among others, the gay community in the looming shadow of the 21st century. Candidly queer in its perspective and unafraid of eroticism in the face of tragedy, this robust con competition entry is nonetheless emotionally immediate enough to break out in the LGBT niche. Another item to check out. I've known Tony Award winner Billy Porter since the early 90s when we both were beginning our careers in New York City theater. I've been proud of him every single day of his unvarnished, raw passion and talent that he brings to bear on every project he takes on. The phrase, force of nature, seems the perfect way to describe Billy and his art. He shared a video this week, a medley of songs he performed during his concert tour this summer from the Broadway hit Kinky Boots, for which he won his Tony Award. Along with the video, Billy wrote, I had the pleasure of touring this summer with my new album, Billy Porter Presents the Soul of Richard Rogers. It was exhilarating and humbling to be reminded of a part of my ministry that I had buried, my music, my personal voice, standing in front of my band as me and spreading the message of unconditional love. As many of you know, I am very political. It's all over me. It's in everything I do, every choice I make. The only thing I'm interested in is telling the truth. My music is my life. I've been reborn, and I'll be on the front lines fighting for what I know is right till the end of time. I highly recommend you check out Billy's performance on therandyreport.com. He's free, liberated, open, and authentic. The clip is 100% Billy. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, 
I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and we love it when you spread the word about The Randy Report. And remember to check out therandyreport.com every day where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.